Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Wasp Report podcast. Yes, we're back semi-regularly, I know, shock horror. Um, today On today's show we are discussing Wasp win over Bristol, a huge away win, much needed for the men in black and gold. Two new recruitments for next year, very exciting players, we've got some opinions, don't you worry. A couple of big rumours that have come our way this week. Couple of things that we want to discuss before we turn our attention to this coming weekend. Wasps face Sale, and then Saturday afternoon is the big one as England face Wales in Cardiff. Joining me as ever for this show, Mr. Rob Sutton. Rob, how you doing? Well, how nice to be doing this after a win. We haven't we haven't been able to do it often this season, and an away win as well. First one since the end of September. That that is a massive win uh, for Wasps against a very good Bristol side. Yeah, I agree. It's been really tough this year to find the motivation to come on here and and talk about wasps because every all the time it's just been saying the same things over and over again every time they lose. So it's really nice to come out and say what a great performance they gritted their teeth and against a a very very good Bristol side. What we have to remember here is we're not going to go out and win games, especially away from home, with this squad dominating teams a team like Bristol we're not quite good enough to do that at the minute they're a very good side in their own right so to come out like we did to build up enough of a lead in the first half that we could we could ride the storm we could ride their positive moments to then win the game was really really impressive in my opinion absolutely the last 10 minutes was actually quite professional um which we've not said much, even the last three or four years, to be honest. I did fear another Connell, though, when we conceded a penalty. I think it was three, was it three seconds from the end, and Bristol had an attack. But to be fair, Wasps, Wasps dominated the set-piece, and we've said that quite a few times this season. And the improvement at set-piece has been so important in the games we have won. And that was another indication on um, last Friday night. And uh, I thought Will Rollins was unbelievable. Again, he is—he yeah. has been incredible. And I, I know, I know a lot of people say that they're yeah they they want an, a third second row, third top quality second row to come in because of Launchbury being away so often. But I I just don't think we need it. I think in in Rollins, Rollins and Launchbury, you've got two second rows of real quality in this team. And yet, it may be that one of them's injured or, or away on international duty, but having one there that is, is of real quality and is almost always going to be there in Will Rowlands, who has a chance to become a, a stool of a type of a, a Richard Burkett kind of figure at the club, who probably won't ever get picked for England, but... He's a forward version of Josh Bashley. Yeah, he's just a really, really good club player. And they've come on similar paths. Obviously, Will came right through the academy, whereas Josh, he was brought in very young from Bedford. But they've had that same kind of development where it's it's taken two or three years, and, and you've seen it each year, the improvement on, on top of one another, on top of each other. And and it's fantastic to see. I love Will Rowlands. I've, I've made that perfectly clear on this podcast the last couple of years. And to see him streaking away like he did... To score or to, to set up the score and that try was just awesome. 
That tries 80 metres when he tells the grandkids in 10 years. Exactly. Yeah, and... Side, sidestep Charles Piertown. <laughs> who was on the bench yeah. at the time. Um, but it, just a really, really good result. And uh, just really pleased. You know what was really annoying? So, going behind the scenes, I've not prepared at all for this episode. I've written out about an eight-word rundown sheet for, for Rob and I. And I'm trying to find on the WASP website the report from the Bristol game. Oh, it's bloody impossible. It is so hard to find them. I've managed to, to find it. I've managed to find it. I was it. trying to find one from last season for a piece I was writing, just to brush up on some stats. Didn't we, about 15 minutes? Yeah. All I wanted to see was that, that Zizi definitely started. Yeah, he did. And he did. And But now we're so far away from the set-piece <laughs> talk that... Uh, it's useless um, but Leicester and he was very good again he, I mean he has been a quality quality signing yeah. you know he he's lucky in that he's not he, he comes in not as as big a name as a, a Lima Sopwanga and or some of the other sort of big name players we've signed a Brad Shields and he's had a consistent run in the team where he can really settle in and now he's settled in the last sort of since Christmas really he's upped his game so much he's playing at such a high level in the well, front he, row he was under pressure because Ben Harris had a really good start to the season I thought in the absence of McIntyre and now obviously the departed Matt Mullen um, so for for uh, Zavania to step up how he has been really impressive actually he was one of the few bright spots from that uh, Prem, Prem Cup defeat um, so he, he, it's his shirt. It is his shirt at the moment. Yeah, and and with the reinforcements coming in over the summer, obviously Jeffrey Tumunga Allen is a, as a quality operator at, at prop forward. Um, we're really set in a position where we haven't been set for for a number of years, and whilst it hurts losing someone like Will Stewart, I think you know Tom West is coming through the academy. He's got a chance. He's going to get a chance next year. I'm sure he's had some Prem Cup minutes. He's had some Premiership minutes as well. Um, he's been on the bench, hasn't he, in the Premiership? Yeah, it's just a shame he can't fill in this weekend because it's on the other side. So it is, it's really good to see that depth, I think, in the front row and to see the Type 5 dominate a team again because it's not been like last year where we, we've had enough to cover a poor front row. Poor front five. But I think it's, up against, I think it's, I think it's uh, only the top two have dominated us in the scrum this season. Yeah, and I mean last year, so last year we would get dominated against a Leicester or a, um, sometimes a Northampton or a Newcastle or Sale. But this year we haven't, and it's helped us out because it's the backs haven't been able to keep us in games if the front five weren't dominant. So where where our backline hasn't fired as well as last year, to see the front five step up is really really good, especially from a team building perspective. I think Dyer's most underrated characteristic by a lot of people is his ability to to build a team out of players who aren't always first choice signings elsewhere. So you, you think of someone someone like Ashvania who's been playing for Stade Francais, who's got experience playing at the highest level in European rugby, European club rugby that is. Isn't first choice. Isn't even. He isn't even in the Georgian squad for their rugby Europe Championship. At no, the he was in the autumn squad, wasn't he? Yeah, he'll probably he'll probably go to the World Cup. 
but he's got he's got international experience. Maybe isn't the most fancy, but he comes in and is becoming a key player for us. And that aspect of his game uh, and of aspect of Dyer's management is really underrated, in my opinion. I agree. It's not as as you mentioned. He, he's not the first time he's picked somebody up like a Giovanni. Sort of a bit from left field, to be honest, um, at the time. But, yeah, he's, he's a great player. He's very good in defence as well, um, which helps. And I must say as well, although we conceded a, a couple of soft tries, certainly one, um, I thought on the whole our defensive effort was very good against Bristol. Yeah, I mean, you, the first half we shut them completely out of the game. Yeah. And when you, when you see the talent they have in their back line, the ability of their loose forwards to carry and to offload... You're not going to shut a Bristol down for the whole game, not unless your team is built to be defense a defensive juggernaut like some some teams are in this league. You look at someone like a Stephen Luatua is not as quick as he once was, possibly not as strong as he once was, but if he carries the ball three or four meters forward, takes a tackle, he sees the game in such slow, almost in slow motion because he's so experienced. He's able to reach out with the ball in his hand, pop it up, and see a teammate there to offload to in a split of, in a split second. That's the kind of quality these professional players have, especially ones that have been playing for as long as Luatua has. And Bristol have players like that throughout their team. So when they can bring on a Charles Piertau, who is outstanding, but really I think Wasps kept him pretty quiet, bar a couple of genius moments where he managed to make a break and, and set up tries but what I really love and I, and I love for this team which is a building year and we said, I've been saying it since the beginning of the season the first year with Lima is a building year it's not a year we're going to win things straight away when we're faced with adversity in this team when we get out to a lead and we concede points we let the opposition back into the game rather than crumbling more often than not this season we've gone through and we've actually won the game so when you look at the Aviva Premiership or the Gallagher Premiership table where where we are where we are we're right in the mix now yeah we're, that's it we're right in the mix as you say because we've won these tight games where we haven't played all that well and so although the performances haven't quite been what we've come to expect in a way, it's almost been more impressive because when we're really under the cosh, we haven't folded like a wet flan like we did at times last year. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It's I, we, we spoke before the Bristol game that last last time we sat down for one of these about um, about how important this run of games was going to be for Wasps. This this block of four matches and to get an away win on the board. I mean, obviously, we'll come on to the sale game shortly, but this is a game you you'd hope to win at home. You go to Leicester, who's struggling, Newcastle, the bottom of the league. All of a sudden, it could look very different by the end of this block. And then, really, Wasps could have destiny in their own hands going into the final five or six games that really none of us could have expected that over Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I look at sort of 12 points. Really, I think if if you want to be in pole position at the end of this block, going into the final block of games, you need 15 points from these next three games. Sale at home, Leicester away, Newcastle at home. Newcastle at bottom, I'd expect us to get five points there, especially if they're missing a Mark Wilson, who's really a figurehead for that, that team and that club. But well, they will I, be. They will be. Yeah, you know, I'd expect us to go ahead and, and win that game, 
with a with a try bonus, especially at home. Leicester away is always tough. You know, Welford Road isn't an easy place to go, but you look at who they're missing and how key they've been to the good moments at Leicester this year. And Manu Tulangi, when he's on form, he's unplayable. And we're seeing that at a minute in an England shirt and in a Leicester shirt. He's not there. Ford isn't there. Tamua's a fantastic player, but Ford and Tamua working together is what makes Leicester tick. And Johnny May's playing probably the best rugby of his career at the moment. Honestly, if I could sign one winger from the world, it would be Johnny May. If if all those players are missing, we have to go there and target a win, if not five points. Which then leads us on to this Saturday. And yeah, uh, fuck the rundown. I'm talking about this Saturday now. Um, (laughs) It's probably the toughest game when you look at this block, even though it's at home and as I said, all that all we've said about going to Welford Road, because you look at what Sale are missing and yeah, they're missing Tom Curry and Chris Ashton is probably going to be out injured. If not, he's only on the bench and he'll be 80% fit from a he's calf. Not in, he's not involved. Oh yeah. The team's out, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking idiot. Uh, I'm so used to not recording these on a Friday night. Yeah, That's yeah, the problem. Um, yeah. But no, they're a good side. I mean, they're a good side. They're full of good talent. Take last last week's a freak result, I think. Um, Saints are a good side at home, as we found out earlier in the season. They beat us very comfortably. I, I think it was just a bad day for Sale. They did pretty much everything wrong. I don't think you can read too much into that. What I would read into is the fact they've been to King's Home and won this season, which is no mean feat. They've beaten Saracens at home. I think they're a serious top four team, even with the defeat last week. Yeah, I agree. It's so close that even Leicester and ninth aren't out of it in the top four race. if Bristol were to win the next three games with bonus points they're possibly even back into the mix well Bristol got Quinns this weekend so if they could win that game they would be back into it yeah and do us a huge favour yeah Yeah. I know you're basically Wasps old boys at the minute so come on (laughs) once once a Wasp always a Wasp and all that against Quinns as well you know I know you've got to be careful what you say about Harlequins now that you're a sympathiser but um, good game last week 12 tries last week yeah yeah. no one listening to this gives a shit Um, (laughs) obviously obviously Sale's key man their talisman Fafta Clerk is involved he's starting at 9 he was on uh, you know very much like Vili LaRue in that he was a a former not winner of World Player of the Year um, which everyone seems to love to uh, you know cream themselves over so let's, let's and and obviously in similar company as uh, future world player of the year nominee Jack Willis who is back on the bench <laughs> for Wasps now I think he hasn't played as well Fafta Clerk since about well since really coming back from the rugby championship as he did at the end of last season I think last week Cobus Ryanak completely and utterly made him look stupid at times and I'm quite interested in Joe Simpson against Fafta Clerk because I think Joe Simpson's due one of those games where we all just think yeah that's the old Joe yeah, I agree. and I, I don't know why I just think with Dan Robson away playing for England now there's no pressure on Joe he's got he's got his chance from the start He'd probably play the full 80 if he's playing well. 
Yeah, I can, a big opportunity. I can just I hope, see. I hope he finishes well as well. It'd be nice, nice for Joe to finish well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's a he's a legend in wise. I think he's a wasp legend. Yeah, I agree. If not, if not, maybe not legend status, but he's certainly up there as as one of the sort of great players of this era. Yeah, any anyone who played and came through that that year or the the, the two years where where things were a real struggle, where money was a real struggle, and stuck around, and and pledged their loyalty and actually showed real loyalty to the club. They're Wasps legends, and we're gonna do some shows towards the end of the season or maybe after the season's finished on Wasps are leaving us. And it's the main issue I have with people saying that Elliot Daly's a traitor, in that if he really didn't feel anything for Wasps, he would have jumped ship years ago when they had no money and he couldn't even know if he was gonna get paid that month while playing for the club. It, that. That's the kind of thing that fucks me off, if I'm being totally honest with you. So I'd love to see Joe have a big game. He's obviously going up against a quality operator, but one who isn't on top, top form. So maybe it is somewhere we can get at in this game. I do also think that Denny Solomona, he's another one who who maybe isn't showing his best form at the minute. And... He's coming up against a, a Josh Bassett, who really, really is. You know, Josh is so consistent. He doesn't. He doesn't have these peaks and troughs in his form. It just seems to peak and then peak even higher the next time. Which is, yeah, as a coach, that must be amazing to have. Yeah, live your game last season, wasn't it? First game of the season, uh, uh, 50, 50 thirty, I think it was, or something like that. Dan yeah, score four 50, tries. Fifty to thirty-five, I think. Yeah, and obviously was won at Sale earlier in the season to break the hoodoo. So um, obviously it's it was been a while since we've done a league double over them. So um, I think it's a, I think it's a really important game. If Was can win this one with the games as we've already mentioned, you know, it, the season looks a lot different. Um, I don't think Sale will be fearing coming, but I think Wasps definitely starts favourites. Yeah, I mean, it's also a, a very well-deserved start for Ben Morris on the yes, open side I flank. He was excellent last week when he came on. Did really well when he came on, like you said, and he's just been excellent—a real sort of shining light of this season. Yeah, another one of these under, underrated, in inverted commas, players, lesser-known players who have come in from the championship and made themselves known. It seems to be that the back row is where you can do that. Um, yeah, Guy Thompson obviously famously did it before moving on the end of last season. And, and Ben is a different type of player to Guy. He's a, he's a bit bigger. Um, I'd say probably not, not quite as mobile, but makes as big an impact getting over the ball and carrying as, as Guy did in his time here. And seems to stay quite healthy as well. He seems to always be available when we need him, which is... A real underrated um, area of, of this type impressed. of player. I tell you, impressed me recently, and I wouldn't say we've been critical, but we voiced our concerns. Actually, Johnson's playing well again, which is really nice to see. Yeah, I mean, the interview that he gave to Bobby um, Bobby Bridge, the the Coventry Telegraph. It, honestly, if you're if you're still listening and you don't know who Bobby is when we call him that, then <laughs> you know you need to read more about wasps on the Coventry Telegraph. He's a very good writer, and. Um, his interview with Ashley Johnson about how the club stood by him and and um, 
how he really has fought hard this season to get himself into the best playing shape, the best form he can be in, because of the way everyone's stood by him um, since last year's unfortunate incident. Really makes me want to root for him. And it's gone from a point of me thinking, sort of almost, what is he doing here? He's not really a, a hooker, but he's not really in shape to be a back row forward and he's not really contributing much to when he signed his new deal me sitting and thinking yeah that's a really good smart bit of business because he's back in shape he's back playing really really well in the back row he's leading he's really leading by example in this team that has lacked leaders throughout so much of this year but he's he stood up with Joe not being there, and that's all we can ask for, really. Um, that's and that's really what we've been crying out for for a while now. Uh, just just someone to lead, take the team by the scruff of the neck when it's not going well. He did that last week against Bristol, so uh, it's great to see him back to his best. And uh, I'm sure he'll uh, I'm sure he'll have another big game this weekend. When he's on form, he really plays badly. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. It's also. Um... A big week, I think, this week for for a couple of players for different reasons. Um, Wanda Young is playing really, really well at the minute, and I, I think going up against someone like James O'Connor in the other thirteen channel, he can show what he likes. It show show the best side of him. Uh, Young can because he he can run harder at O'Connor and. And make some ground. He can get over the game line. He can offer himself up as a as a dummy option. He can also take, as I say, take the ball on. But because he's got that footballing ability, if O'Connor sags off of him or they try to double team him, he's got enough of a brain to use that to his advantage. And I think that could be an area that we really target this week. I just see that that thirteen. If you if you look at thirteen fourteen. Uh, O'Connor Solomona as a little bit weak defensively and I just wonder if you look at a O'Connor so you look at a De Jong Bassett partnership as somewhere where we can get some headway in that area and maybe use that to our advantage get Josh away get Josh into space and maybe hopefully score some tries yeah I agree I agree um O'Connor's a strange one. He's one of those players I almost forgot was at sale until I saw the team was announced. Yeah, he hasn't, per- he's hardly he's, been playing, is he? Yeah, but it's perfect for him, though, because he's gone under the radar at last, which which suits him perfectly. I, I, I've always quite liked the Van Rensburg, their big 12. Saw him play last season. He's, he's a real big ball carrier. Yeah, he's, he's someone we've definitely got to look out for. Um, he could do some damage, but Gabby... I actually really like the way Gabby's been playing. He's another one that I was critical of at times this season because, quite frankly, he's been fucking awful. Um, but this year in defence has looked really good at times. Yeah, like yeah, in, I when I say this year, been better. I mean 2019, he's looked really, really good in defence. You know, he stepped up. Our defensive unit looks better with him on the field. And so it is really useful to see him in that team now. Obviously, going forward into next year, the centre option gets a lot more crowded with Malachi Fekatoa coming over um, from Toulon and some other some other moves that are yet to be made. Obviously, Jimmy Gopeth expected back in the next month or so. It'd be very interesting to see where he slots in when he's back fit, whether 
he slots in at 12 next to Lima. Um, I, I think it'll be 12. Or he sort of plays that backup fly half row, or he just takes the fly half shirt. Well, because... that could happen as well, because I think Lima needs a decent three weeks to ensure that doesn't happen. Yeah, and I, I, it struck me a lot this morning. I was watching his old team, the Highlanders, um, play this morning against the Queensland Reds, and Marty Banks was playing 10 for them. He's a player I like. I like to watch Marty, Marty play. He's a good player, but he's not Lima's quality. And I, you just see the amount of space that they get to play in. And then you, you go back to watching Northern Hemisphere games. Obviously, we've got Saris Gloucester on at the minute. And there's just nowhere near as much space to play. The The processing time has to be that much quicker up north. And I just think it's taken him a long time to really adjust to that. I don't think that the, the continued upheaval has helped at all. I think very much next season you're going to see some of the best of him when you've got someone like Fekatoa who he's played with for so many years and they know each other so well. He's got someone he's a little bit familiar with. He'll be more familiar playing with Dan Robson and I think he's looked he's looked good playing with Dan at times this season. Yeah, I think it's been a little bit blown out of proportion, not totally. Um, the, the... The... Unhappiness at some of his performances. I do think that up until his injury, Billy Sell was performing better as ten at ten. But I also think that what people expect of Sobwanga needs to come down. Their expectations are far too high. He's not going to win you games on his own. And if you think that Danny won us games on his own, you're you're wrong. It's just that's not what happened. If you actually look and watch those games back, it's seven or eight good performances from a, a te- seven or eight excellent performances from a team of 15 it's just at times Danny unlocked found the keys to unlock the defence but Danny's been playing rugby in England for 95% of his career he's going to be able to do that he's going to be so much more used to the speed and the style up here than Lima is it will come but if you expect Lima Sopwango to do what he did at the Highlanders when he's playing with All Blacks at 9 and 12 when he's up here playing with Craig Hampson at 9 and a a rejected Fijian or someone who's just come out of the championship quality players as they are because they're far far better than I ever will be or ever was playing rugby it's unrealistic and we need to sort of temper this unrealistic thoughts that Wasps are going to win absolutely every game 50 to nil you're not the league's really competitive for one and two we haven't got the depth in our squad to cope with the injuries that we've had this year and three the players around our stars and some of our stars themselves haven't performed up to the the level that we're expecting of them Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just wanted to mention one thing. The Simon McIntyre situation. Um, What is going on? Is it another concussion? Well, I saw concussion in the news story, but I don't think... I think that was just... uh, I was reading it on my phone at work, so I must admit, I I didn't study it totally. I'm trying to get the news story up now. I think he he had a knock, or he got a knock. Um... But I don't think it was 
me just try and find. I guess a training knock. No, think... knock in training and misses out with concussion apparently, Ooh. which is really scary. If it that's if concerning. It, if it is, then that's probably his season over. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that's a mistake because after the period he's just missed to then get another concussion is very serious. Yeah. And I wish him all the best. If it is concussion, that's scary and just don't take any chances. I was going to say, if, if that's a concussion again, sit him out for the rest of the season and keep... At least. Um, keep Allo um, on loan yeah. for the rest of the season. Because he's, he's a big lad. Oh, yeah. He's a big lad. Oh, yes. Yes. It's just not worth risking it with concussion. No, um, absolutely. And obviously the Welsh could have haven't done that with me half for this weekend quite rightly as well. Yeah, that's another weird situation. But we'll come on to that a bit later when we talk about wheels. Now, rumours. Rumours and transfers. Oh, my favourite. My favourite. We signed someone else whose name's a little bit weird to say. Um, oh, a couple of people, actually, whose names are a little bit weird to say. I think, I think I've think i got um, Eminem's name right. In That is what I'm calling him. He's M.M. So, uh, Matteo Minosi, the fullback, played for Italy. Six Nations team of the tournament last year. Good operator. I like him. Very exciting. Only 22 as well. Yep. One for the future and all that. Um, I I think it's it's actually a sneaky... S- uh, s- fabulous signing. I, I think it's a cracking signing. I really do. Um, hopefully, it'll be another sort of uh, Andrea Mazzi job who stays with us for a while. Yeah, I hope so. And obviously, Andrea's at the club still. Yeah. Even now, so yeah, you never know. It might be that he does stick around for a long time. I. I just I I hope that people don't. Treat him as they treated Philly Larue, because yes, I I like everyone else have been disappointed. I think if I if I was to sum the the, the whole output of Villy Larue's time in a in a wasp shirt, I, I think disappointed is the best way to describe it. Minozzi is nowhere near the talent now. The Philly Larue was before he signed for Wasps. He's not that good yet. Could he yeah, be? I agree. Absolutely he could be. Given game time and the proper environment to develop in, he's going to get international caps because he's got talent. And as long as he comes back from this knee injury that's holding him out this season... And he has good World Cup. If he goes, I almost certainly will. He's, if he's fit, he's if he's fit, he's his first name on the team sheet for Conor O'Shea. I just think that he could be fantastic, but he's young, and we've got to give him a chance. Yeah, you've got to give him at least a season, maybe even a season and a half, to really bed in. Especially coming off the back of a World Cup where they don't players don't get that same preseason with a club to to fit in. You know, we might not see much from him until after Christmas next season. 
but it's not a it's not a next season signing. Yeah, I agree. It's a signing for the next, hopefully, eight or nine seasons. Yeah, and that's what I like about the signing and um, and a couple of the signings we've made actually this summer is it, it feels to me like a bit like sort of five six years ago when we were building the squad that went to the final in 2017 it feels like we're getting we're getting a squad there to compete again but maybe in a couple of seasons if we can obviously not have the high player turnover of our current crop it feels to me a squad that's building nicely again as it as it did um sort of once we moved to Coventry yeah I, I agree and yeah you look at you look at where we're very strong in our young players coming through you've got the two the two Willis brothers who I'm sure will both be involved in first team rugby next year. Tom's just just too good to not be involved next year with the first team. Did he captain the under twenties this week? Tonight, he yeah, he's captaining yeah, them now. Like they lost. Did they? Lost. Yeah, eleven ten. Oof. Oof, it did not sound like a good game. Um, it was I must three and admit. a half time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, but you know, he, he he is a proper player. Yeah, and and a real quality operator. And I, I'd like to hope, at least, that you know, he's going to be involved in the in the um, first team squad next year. You've also got um, Alfie Barbary. Barbary. Oh, it's Barbary. I think it's Barbary. Um, I've never actually heard his name said anywhere by a commentator, <laughs> so it's quite tough to. We know, could, the, we could know just, the correct we could pronunciation. And then we, if we just say that, everyone will follow. Yeah, I mean, from now on, Barbary. Um, even if it's pronounced differently, that's what I'm calling you from now on, son. Um, <laughs> he's a real talented hooker, and yeah, I've heard good things. He was a monster. He was monstrous in the third, fourth place playoff in the academy under eighteen league. Um, Wasps actually lost that in the end to Bath, which was. In what was, I think, an amazing about, game from people that fi- went. About 50 points each, one, not it? Or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, an excellent... Those three are really the excellent prospects coming through at the minute. We've got some exciting other some other exciting youngsters mm. coming through. As well, at hooker. Ogre is another hooker. Um, you've got... Sonny Jardine, who we haven't seen that much of this season, um, who played in the sevens. Yeah, Jacob is playing really, really well down at Leeds. Should get Callum a shot Serker. next year. Callum Serker on the wing. I expect him to be involved a little bit more next year because yeah, he's we're, we're short on wingers. We need another winger to come in. Yeah, and I think he will step up a little bit. But I also think that there there might be a signing coming there well I wonder if because Mark Watson's out of, con- out of contract I believe at the end of the season there's been no word on him yet yeah I mean it's uh, it's one that if he can if he takes the Wasps price or the the, the price offered by Wasps to get my English correct then they'll keep him but I don't think they'll chase they'll chase him up in terms of money uh, I would like to see Circa given a bit more of a shot. There's also a young lad called Will Simmons, who um, Alex Shaw, who writes for Rugby Pass. And basically, I've had a few run-ins with Alex in the past. We're we're all made up now. It's all fine. It's all good. 
he's unbanned. He, he's unbanned from the podcast. He's back in the. He's back into the Alex Club because you know. <laughs> um, we're we're brethren. He speaks really highly of this young lad, Will Simmons. Plays in the centres, could play anywhere in the backs. I think he deserves a shot as well next year. I'd like to see us at least giving some of these players some chance because we need to start doing that because if you're going to have if you're going to lower your player turnover you have to have a good academy and you have to bring these players through used to play in a certain way I think and that then they slot seamlessly into the team and you can deal with players leaving better than having to bring in and integrate 10-12 new players or new signings every year because your academy players are coming through, are used to playing the systems. They're used to to doing the right things. And with John Pendlebury, the work he's doing, and Andrea Mazzi at the in the academy, that will I'm sure it will begin to happen. Because you don't put the resources into the academy that was putting into it if you don't want to start using these players a little bit. You don't make Andrea Mazzi a coach there if uh, if you. Uh... No, you, you, you bring him into the first team. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, I'd like to hope at least that there are there is some thought to using the academy a little bit more going forward. Now, talking of wingers, Wasps very uh, sneakily replied to a, a tweet from a lad, George Hemingway, who is a good follow on Twitter, actually, is George. Um was fan. He he tweeted back to uh, he tweeted back to the um, club account, saying talking about a list of of signings we've made, and and the last one on there was um, Christian Wade replacement as a winger, and the club tweeted back to say, wait and see, something's coming. Which leads me to believe, obviously, that there is a uh, at least a winger, or maybe a, perhaps a winger coming in to replace Wade. Obviously, he was left for the for the NFL. Possibly Marcus Watson, as you say, if he if his contract isn't renewed. Now, I can't say I'm as plugged in as I I sort of was before Christmas. Um, starting a new job and couple of other things in in 2019 have sort of got in the way i haven't sort of connected as as much with people in the know um as i i have done in the past but i haven't really heard anything on a winger um there is one interesting rumor that we're going to talk about in a second but i just wondered if you'd heard anything I've not heard anything regarding a winger um but i would certainly imagine they are in the market for one whether where that winger comes from, whether they go. See, this is I having a discussion with someone about this on Twitter the other day. Wonder if they might look at the championship again for a winger, go down that route. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Obviously, we've we've done that before with varying degrees of success. Um, the Armitage brother um, yeah, didn't, didn't really work out, but. But yeah, Josh Bassett yeah. did. Josh Bassett really did. Um, and we got Jonah Holmes from the Championship as well. Obviously, he's gone on to bigger and better things at um, Leicester and now for Wales. Yeah, so you've got to, 
you think maybe it's a, a good avenue to try and uh, pinch someone from. And there was some talk from Rugby Inside Line. I'm you have to take everything they say with a pinch of salt. Um, getting better though. They're getting better, but I, I I know that there's more than one person who contributes to running that account, and I think it's a case of I wish I knew who posted each rumor because <laughs> some of them and they they are they follow a very noticeable trend. Some of them are uh, very good, and some of them absolutely aren't. Um, there are a couple of people who are very plugged in, <laughs> and one or two who aren't running that account. Um, he mentioned about a, a prop possibly coming in from the championship next year, and I, I love it. I love that idea of giving these guys in the championship a chance, seeing if they well, stick for a couple Mike of Dan- years. Mike and- Daniels was on injury cover last season, so that one wouldn't surprise me at all. He played a couple of LB Cup games, whatever it's called. Um, LV Cup always will always be the LV equals Cup. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, he he. he so that wouldn't surprise me at all if that one if that one comes out because he was he, he was at the club last season. Yeah, um, so I could definitely see that one happening. The interesting one and one that really sort of came out of nowhere so much so that when this was texted to me, I actually texted back to say I thought he'd signed a new contract at his current club, and that is Saracens young ten Max Malins. Apparently unhappy at his perceived sort of there, he sort of looks at it and sees potential blockages in in his development into a first team ten. Obviously, you've got Owen Farrell there, who Lazowski, who's currently um, deputising when Malins is away. Uh, sorry, when Malins is away, when Farrell's away with England. Obviously, up until last year, Malins was with the under twenties. He's not this year. There, there's an opportunity. I thought he'd signed a, an extension with Saracens. It might have only been a rumor that he was going to. Um, well, unless obviously buying obviously Saracens, we believe have bought out of the Elliot Daly contract. This might be a a, a replica deal, if you like. Yeah, I, I'd love it if it's true. I think it's a fabulous signing. He's a very, very good young young fly half. I just, I wonder because Billy Searle obviously is playing so well, and maybe this contact has come since the Searle injury last weekend. But even so, you'd expect Searle to be the sort of fly half they've pegged as fly half the future. And um, if a player like Malins is available, then you sign him in. You you give him a shot because you can never have too many good young English fly halves. But I, I just I can't quite see it until until I hear it a little bit more. Maybe from if someone like Jim Hamilton was to come out and say it, who's obviously really well plugged in at Saris, then I'd I'd give it a little bit more credence. Yeah, I, it's even interesting tonight. I mean, Alex Good is starting fly half with Malins on the bench, which is interesting. Um, I saw I when they played. I think it was Leicester away during the autumn. He tore them to pieces. Oh, he's world, he's fantastic. Class performance. He would absolutely fit in with the way we like to play, and just would be an awesome, awesome player to have on board. Yeah, we don't. Um, we'll mention this room because I th- I, we're not a hundred percent sure, but we're, I'm reasonably confident it's not going to happen. Is the Scott Fardy one? 
which has obviously been picked up by a few places. Uh, yeah, from what I've heard, I don't think that's happening. And I'm not sure it's the worst thing. No, me neither. I don't think we really need another high-paid over the hill over the hills are really fucking awful way to say uh, to talk about a player who's playing so well in a good Leinster side but someone who isn't going to be we don't need a win now move if to term it in a very Americanized sports phrase we don't really need win now moves we need st- uh, club stability moves and players who are going to stick around for five or six years hopefully what a score at Gloucester. 28-10, they got three tries. Hey. Hey. They're doing well. They're doing well. Um, finally, before we move on to talking about the national team and their, their tilt against the uh, the Welsh, if you don't follow um, Wasp's kit man on Twitter, Pudsey, he does some really good, usually one a week, giveaways. Um so make sure you you go to his page. He's at Wasps Kitman. Use the hashtag Every Kitman Knows. And uh, he's not only is he a, a great follow, but he also runs some good competitions. At the minute, you can get a uh, Wasps Match Day towel. Is the um, the latest thing that he has uh, put up for winning. Maybe yeah. I was going to say put up for auction, but it's not an auction. It's not an auction. <laughs> it's just a normal competition. I don't really know what to say there. Um, so he's yeah, a, he's a great bloke. He is. He's properly bloke. funny as well. Uh, really, I say, really good follow. Sort of bloke you'd want at your club for sure. And mind you, all kit men I've ever encountered in all sports are absolutely mad. Maybe you've got to be mad to do that job. I think you do. All that, all that washing. <laughs> Yeah. Oof. Oof. So on to the Six Nations, and before we really go on to England versus Wales, um, I'm sure Guinoves would uh, would be very very pleased to hear that uh, he's not in he's not the man in the hottest water at the minute, given the Robert Kraft news which broke earlier today. Uh, one for all you uh, non New England Patriot fans, that one. Um, England versus Wales at Cardiff, huge game. Probably the championship decider. Um, two teams in fantastic form, fantastic names all over the park. But there's one question that is really defining and defines this this whole matchup um, every other year. What's your view, Rob? Open or closed? Uh, well, considering it's going to be 14 degrees in Cardiff tomorrow, a beautiful sunny day. Let's uh, let's let's play outdoors. Let's play. I mean, to be honest, the, as an Englishman, I, do, I don't really care. It's just it's nice to it's nice to wind up the Welsh by keeping it open. And any England fan will tell you the memories of twenty thirteen are too painful to uh, keep it shut. Yeah, I mean, I I'm like you. I don't really give a shit. But well, if it's if it's pouring down with rain, common sense common sense would apply. I think, and I think England would have agreed to have it shut if it was going to rain. But seeing as it's not. Let's, uh, what do the Welsh say? Let God see us play, isn't it? Or something like that. I believe the Welsh say when they have it open. So, um, to be fair, I've only ever been there when it's closed, so I don't know what it's like open. Yeah, and when it's closed, the atmosphere is oh, electric. Just the issue you have is you have to listen to 70,000 Welshmen. Actually, no, 70,000 of them don't go. You have to listen to 45,000 Welshmen. <laughs> um, 
and women, equal opportunity offender. Um, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this one, though. Yeah, so am I. Because uh, um, I think England are going to win. That's why I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you're probably the same as me, but England win this is it, it's a grand slam, isn't it? You have to think so. Something has to go properly tits up for it to not be a grand slam if they win this weekend. Because I think um, Scotland will, I think Scotland will lose this weekend. Scotland are falling apart, bless them. Um, you know, Hoggy's gone, Russell's gone. You know, they're down to really down to the bare bones. Ryan um, Wilson as well on the flanks, a cracking player. Yeah, I don't really know Scotland's forwards. I must admit. Yeah, um, no, he's, he's a big miss for them. He was very good against Italy. Yeah, and I just think England have got fancy that Twickenham. If England don't beat Italy, I'll probably laugh quite hard because if England were to win this weekend and then lose against Italy, part of me would fucking love it because it would just be so bonkers that it would get it just makes for great fun in a World Cup year. Um, <laughs> well, let's not say that because I've got tickets to the Italy game. Yeah, but can you imagine <laughs> being there if Italy were to something. shock England? It would be, it would be quite something. Quite something. Um, but I've, I've got to say though, I think Wales' unbeaten run is a strange one. It's a bit like England's, as in the fact that they haven't actually played that well. Yeah, and they haven't played. Um, yeah, you know, they haven't played that many great teams either. You know, no. so, so still Africa, got Ireland to play. They played South Africa at home. At, they, that was South Africa's last game after a long season. South Africa were just wanting the plane home by that point. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. Where did they tour in the summer? Were they they were Argentina and Samoa. Argentina. And, they played South Africa in Washington, I think it was. Yeah, and they and then, did, they, then they went to Argentina. They also played Samoa, didn't they? Or was that when yes, the Lions they, were on? No, that was the Lions. That was the Lions. Wasn't Thomas it? Young played in that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I won't. I won't say this is a fraudulent run, but because it's Wales, they're a little bit of a fraudulent team <laughs> at the minute. Um, I don't rate. I, I said this in our preview show. I, I yeah, don't rate their ten. Whoever they put at ten, whether it's Anscombe or bigger, I just don't. That doesn't scare me in the slightest. He put Sexton at ten, scares the shit out of me. He put Russell at ten, scares the shit out of me, because they're world class, or they're at least in the world class conversation with with Owen Farrell. I don't think Dan Bigger, who gets outplayed on a uh, frequently in in the Premiership, is on that level. I don't think Gareth Anscombe who gets outplayed frequently in the Pro 14, is on that level. If you look at Johnny Sexton, you look at you look at Finn Russell in the, in the top 14, you look at Owen Farrell in the Premiership, how often can you say that their opposite number has categorically outplayed them? I reckon for Owen Farrell, in the last sort of four or five years even, I could count on one hand the amount of times I, I sit there and say, Owen Farrell was outplayed by his opposite number today. For for Dan Bigger, I can count on more than one hand the amount of times this season his opposite number has outplayed him in the Premiership. That's why I'm not worried. Because England are so much better in that one area that I 
just think it's enough to win we've us games. We've mentioned quite a lot over the last few weeks. England's fast start, um, and that could be so crucial this time because it took the crowd out of it in Dublin. And if they could do that again, it happened last year. The game England won last year. Um, they would. It was twelve nil after about twelve minutes, I think, and, and they won the game. Yeah, and and the thing is, England are so fast. They're going to put you under an awful amount of pressure early on. It's it's, it's great watching England play at the moment. This is some of the, some of the stuff has been the last two games have been some of the best stuff I've seen in years. It really has. Yeah, and uh, I mean, my opinion. I've done a I've done a a complete one eighty on Eddie Jones as England coach. Yeah, oh, maybe not a complete one eighty. That's going a bit too far because I'm still not totally enamoured with it but I think at least performances on the pitch have been have been fabulous in the last few so going into the autumn you can really see the build from the autumn into the Six Nations and into the World Cup I think they're doing a fantastic job there or he's doing a fantastic job there but I I just this England team looks like they're better than Wales. They they play. They are able to play multiple different ways. They're able to combat opponents in in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. And I just think that they're going to win this game. Yeah, I think had this game been at Twickenham, I'd have been I'd have been looking at an England ten or fifteen point margin here. Uh, but. I actually, th- I actually think it'll be really close. It could be another twenty seventeen job where England nick it at the end. Possibly, I think the back row will have a, a lot to say about it. You know, Wales's back row is is uber talented, um, but they're just unlucky that you can't. Well, you could select eight flankers, but I would advise against it. Um, <laughs> it's not in many coaching manuals. No, exactly, and you know, I just think I oh, I want to talk about Eddie Jones a bit more. I think the way he's, he's pitched everything is Six Nations has been awesome. It's it's Jose Mourinho style shit housing at its absolute finest. Yo know, coming into the tournament talking about playing Jack Noel as a flanker was all anyone could talk about or would talk about. No one fancied England going into Dublin. This week, building, saying that the Welsh are the best. This is the best Welsh team ever, and somehow making it sound like it came from the Welsh themselves. Fabulous! No one's talking about England going into this game. It's I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward genius. to calling this the greatest Italian side ever as well. Well, that might actually be true. <laughs> um, obviously, it's not an overly high bar to target. No, but well. what do you reckon then? Um, as breaking news, you'll all know this because I it mean, this is going to edit um, and be out probably about eleven o'clock on Friday night. But Gloucester have beaten Saracens by thirty points to twenty-four. Um, late bonus point then. Late Saris. bonus point for Saris. You know the the times you want fucking Saris and Exeter to do you a favour and. I think, I think Gloucester. Just, I, I think we've just got to admit Gloucester are going to finish third, and then I think they be, are now. It's going to be the. But I tell you, Gloucester would fancy Sandy Parker. I reckon they've already won there this season. Yeah, 
that would be something. If Exeter, if Exeter finished second, the Gloucester might fancy that. Mm. That'd be interesting. Mm. Um, which, which unfortunately means we may end up at Allianz again. Yeah, I'd take I'd take fifth. I'd take fifth personally. Yeah, so would I. Um, rather than anyway, you know getting the beers in and and being disappointed by another semi final performance, but yeah, hey ho. Predictions for this weekend: two games to predict. Wasps sale uh, choose. Uh, well, I'll go for wasps. I'll, I'll go for wasps. I think it. I think it will be a ten point win for wasps. Mm. Bullish. Uh, I'm. I'm going to go bullish, but it could be quite high scoring. I'll leave that there. I think it could be quite high scoring. Um, it's going to be a lovely day tomorrow. So it's going to be yes, deep. Yes. Pitches get pitches getting better, so it should suit. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like to think we'll win. Um, I think it could be tricky, and I think it will be a close Wasps win. I think Wasps sort of by f- by three or four points um, should be the the real area. I think that they they win this game. I think it will be a tough and close one, and and a tough watch like they have all been. It seems this season, but England Wales from Cardiff. Uh, England, five points. Yeah, not bad. I think England by three, but only if the roof is open. Um, if, <laughs> if the, the roof is closed, if the roof is Wales closed. By 27. Yeah, I think I think I think the closed roof is worth about thirty points to the <laughs> to the Welsh. Um, so, well, um, England by one if the roof is closed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think England win. Uh, I think another one though that will be close, because despite me shitting on Dan Bigger for about five minutes at the end of this podcast, he's obviously not starting at ten for Wales. <laughs> um, it's Anscombe, who is probably the better player out of the two, and the one who could cause England more problems out of the two. That's for sure. Um, I think England. I'd like to see England tested and shown a little bit of adversity and see how they react. Um, the last two games they've they've got off to very fast starts and because of that they haven't really seen any adversity in this six nations um as I said, i'd like i'd like to have see some adversity okay i think that is all for us um yes if you're coming to the game i look forward to seeing you all up there um, i'll be sticking around for the wales england game as well so if you fancy fancy your point it would be as always, a pleasure, and I'm going to Leicester as well uh, next Saturday, if, uh, if I forget to mention that next week, uh, so I hope to see plenty of you there. Cool. Well, enjoy if you're going this weekend, and especially if you're going to Cardiff to cheer on England, if yes. you're going there to yeah. cheer on Wales, I hope you have a nice day apart from the result, which I hope is fucking awful for you. Um, if you support Wales, good effort for getting this far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you support Wales, then maybe rethink things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is the end of our podcast. Um, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, the Wasp Report is an Alex Chinnery Media production. See you next week.